Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 9.57 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. It is the 9th of May, 2023. This is episode 722 of Bitcoin, and we're all going to die. No, that's not true. But, you know, from the the things that I'm seeing on Noster just by itself is like this... Fee market is almost like something nobody's ever seen, which is complete garbage. We've seen this before. If you, well, okay. If you just got into Bitcoin, you know, you bought your, you know, your first Satoshis a couple of months ago, then yeah, you've never seen this kind of fee market before. But guys, listen, listen to the people that have been around the space for a while. All right, I'm not as OG as a lot of people, right? I, you know, I've, I got in in 2015, bro, September of 2015. And there were people that have experienced that, this same kind of fee market, even before I did, even before I did. So the, 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 the whining and the gnashing of teeth is just got to stop. All right, if people are going to use Bitcoin to do things, that was the whole point. They might be using Bitcoin to buy weapons and go kill innocent men, women, and children in far-fung places across the world. I don't like that. Can I stop them? No, I can't. But I would, honestly, I would hope that that wouldn't happen rather than people buying monkey picks on Bitcoin. Okay. It, it it's, you can't stop it. So we have to take a breath and understand that two things. One, we don't get to censor what people are doing in this space. So you kind of got to, it's sort of like I used to explain the the I used to explain the um, Bill of Rights to people like this, you know, especially to people that were like, "We oh, got to get rid of the Second Amendment." Well, then all of the then the first ten amendments of the Constitution of the United States all collapse, all of it. The entire contract that is the Constitution of the United States completely collapses if you destroy any one of the Bill of Rights because without the Bill of Rights. That was the contract that all the people that were going to sign the constitution and ratify that, that sucker, they required the bill of rights before they would put their John Hancock on the constitution. It was part of the contract. If you breach the contract, the entire thing falls. So I used to explain it like this. Let's say there was an amendment that was part of the bill of rights 
that said all park benches must be painted red. Okay, well, that's a stupid, worthless, ridiculous amendment to a, some, like a document like the Constitution of the United States. Yet, you have to defend that stupidity in order for the amendments that you do care about to remain intact. And there's nothing different here. There's nothing different here. You want to tell people that you, that they can't trade monkey picks on Bitcoin? Well, then I don't have censorship resistant money, right? You have to take the bad with the good. And honestly, I get the feeling that this is going to blow over. Tomorrow? No. Next week? <laughs> no. Next month? Maybe. You know, I mean, that's the thing. Humans are fickle and they get bored easily. And honestly, it's just ridiculous what's going on. And as much as I don't like it, I kind of have to defend it. Yeah, I don't think it's a good idea for monkey picks to be on the Bitcoin blockchain. No, I don't. I don't think dick picks are a good idea. I don't think they have any value. All of this, in my opinion, is a complete and utter waste of time. But if I start spouting ridiculous statements like, they should be stopped, or we should fork the chain, or we should make a new rule, well, then kiss this entire thing goodbye. And by the way, all those statements, none of those are ever going to happen. Besides, real things that actually impact Bitcoin are going on. We're going to start with Bitcoin Magazine, BTC Casey, Bittrex Incorporated, Bitcoin and Crypto Exchange files for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Just when you thought the other end of the hurricane was past us, no, it's not. We got hit with the front side of the hurricane with Terra Luna. That's the, that was the edge of the storm. Okay, we got to the eye of the hurricane after the whole FTX and Alameda stuff blew up. And then there was this relative calm. And then the background bankruptcy started to happen. And that was the other side of the hurricane coming through it. Guys, we're, that hurricane is not over. Just because we're all distracted by monkeys on, on, on Bitcoin doesn't mean that the rest of this stuff is over. Bitrix just filed for bankruptcy yesterday, I guess. Let's find out more. Bitrix, a Bitcoin and cryptocurrency exchange platform founded in 2014, has filed for bankruptcy in the state of Delaware. The decision comes after the company previously announced that it would be ceasing all operations in the United States effective April 30th as a result of the United States Securities and Exchange Commission charges against the firm and its former CEO for operating an unregistered exchange, broker, as well as a clearing agency. However, this announcement does not impact Bittrex Global, according to a statement released by the company, which will continue its operations as usual for customers outside of the United States. Of course, nobody wants to do business with us. For customers who did not withdraw their funds from the platform prior to the end of April, the company has stated that their funds remain, quote, safe and secure. Oh, oh joy. While the bankruptcy court will ultimately decide the method by which those funds can be claimed by and distributed to customers, 
The company stated its intentions to activate those accounts as soon as possible so that customers who meet the necessary regulatory requirements will be able to withdraw their funds. Bittrex has also retained Omni Agent Solutions to provide email and website updates to customers. The company has encouraged affected customers to visit the website during this process as they will provide additional information as it becomes available. And customers will also receive information directly from the bankruptcy court. In the release statement, the company said, quote, our main priority is to ensure that our customers are made whole. We are committed to working through the bankruptcy process in a way that is transparent and compliant with all applicable laws and regulations. We apologize for any inconvenience. This may cause and appreciate your patience during this time. End quote. Okay, so Bitrix US apparently is the only one going under. This, I read like two or three things about this last night. Hold on, hold on. Can you hear that? It's garbage day. I shall pause. Okay, I think they're gone. Finally. Took like a whole five minutes to empty a block's worth of trash. So, <clears throat> speaking of taking out the trash, let's get back to this Bitrix thing. You know, Bitrix has been around for quite a while. And, you know, they were operating... They were operating in the United States for a very long time. And then I think after that, they went, they went, you know, went international. But uh, the U.S. division has been uh, canceled. And I read, I was reading through quite a few articles last night when uh, I heard the news break. And I could not determine if this was all of Bitrix or just the U.S. operations According to BTC Casey, this is just United States operations and Bitrix Global is going to be okay, I guess, until the SEC, you know, I don't know, sends them a notice saying that I don't care if you're operating in the United States. We've discovered that you've done business with a single United States citizen, so therefore we have complete control over what your future is, which is insane. Honestly, I'm just, just, it's like we we will send a battleship to anywhere in the world if anybody ever deigns or even dares to do business with anybody in the United States. I mean, how, how much more hubris do you have to have where you, your long arm of the law can reach across international borders and everybody's just okay with it because your company did business with a United States citizen. This is insane. Nobody wants to do business with the United States because this is just, it's just too much. What, is, what does the future of the United States business, manufacturing, commodities sector, what does any of this mean for the future? If nobody can do business, with people in the United States, United States companies, is it, is it the only way that you can do business with the United States is to do it with the United States government? I don't know. It just doesn't sound like a very smart, you know, it doesn't sound like if this was a business and your CEO was like going, no, you can't do business with anybody else. I'd be like, well, then why do we even exist? But be that as it may, let's get into more of this ordinal stuff because everybody's freaking out. 
Bitcoin ordinals hit Binance NFT marketplace in their latest update. Savannah Fortis, Cointelegraph, Bitcoin ordinals, also known as Bitcoin NFTs, have made their way into the limelight of the Web3 space as more marketplaces continue to adopt and offer digital assets. On May the 9th, the cryptocurrency exchange Binance announced that it will support Bitcoin ordinals on its NFT marketplace in late May. The development will expand Binance's multi-chain NFT ecosystem to include the Bitcoin network. Oh joy. Previously, the Binance NFT market integrated with other decentralized networks, including BNB Chain, uh, Shitcoin Number One, and Shitcoin Number Two. Mayur Kamat, the head of product at Binance, commented on broadening the offerings in the marketplace and Bitcoin's crypto legacy. Quote, Bitcoin is the OG of crypto, end quote. Jesus, the latest update allows Binance users to purchase and trade Bitcoin ordinals from existing Binance accounts. According to the announcement, the update will also include royalty support and additional revenue generating opportunities for those creating Bitcoin ordinals. Oh, additional revenue generating opportunities. Let me guess, what could that possibly mean? Could that possibly mean yield yield again really we're doing it all over again nobody learns anything ever prior to binance's announcement the cryptocurrency exchange okx similarly announced in late april that it was bringing bitcoin ordinals to its marketplace and wallet ecosystem initially okx users could view and store ordinals using their accounts with the option to mint ordinals being hinted at in the future according to Haider Rafik, the chief marketing officer at OKX. <clears throat> the Bitcoin NFTs are also available on marketplaces such as Magic Eden, which integrated the feature back in March. According to recent data, inscriptions of Bitcoin ordinals have been on the... <laughs> Really? Been on the rise in recent months? In April, on April the 2nd, Bitcoin ordinals reached 58,179 inscriptions, up 83.5% from the previous month. However, on May the 1st, the total number of Bitcoin ordinal inscriptions skyrocketed to exceed 3 million. Nonetheless, they remain a controversial topic within the crypto community, with Bitcoin maximalists criticizing them for deviating from Bitcoin's original peer-to-peer -peer ethos. All right, so they use this as a way to apparently, okay, this is what I, I don't get. There seems to be a war against Bitcoin maximalists. And it's just stupid. It, it, I don't know of a single Bitcoin maximalist that has been able to, quote unquote, change the code. N nobody's really been able to do that. Not a single maximalist that I know has any other power than to express their displeasure at something. That's it. There's, there's no, like we don't get into a, a, like a room like the dragon's den and scheme and, and try to, you know, infiltrate our ideas into the, the, the core development team and, and somehow or another force them to make changes. That's never occurred yet. They're, an inordinate amount of energy is spent by people like Cointelegraph always introducing Bitcoin maximalists or Bitcoin maximalism. Really? That's a waste of time. 
So, and, and it's also not going to work. I'm not going to cease becoming a Bitcoin maximalist because I keep getting yelled at by some, some outfit like Cointelegraph because they're obvious shit coiners. The only reason that I bring you the news from Cointelegraph is simply because this is some of the stuff that's going on. And some of the writers, some more than others, are pretty good at bringing decent Bitcoin news. But if you actually read the front page, like I do of Cointelegraph, I have to filter through like 18 stories that is just, they're pure crap because it's nothing but like literally one of the things tonight is, or uh, this morning was one of the headlines was, how low can Bitcoin go? Clickbait. It's all clickbait. Apes and you, how will you profit? Clickbait, nothing but clickbait. So I have to filter this crap out to go and find decent articles from Cointelegraph and Decrypt and other places to bring to you. So that's, this is one of the things that's going on is that now ordinals are going to move to exchanges, not move. They're going to, exchanges are including them. So now it's going to broaden the amount of noobs that want to get wrecked to be able to do ordinals and inscriptions. And what happens now is they'll make it easier and easier. The UX to be able to do this thing will become easier and easier. And what does that mean? That means that we're not going to see this shit go away for a month or two, at least it, until it dies down. But ordinals are going to be with us forever now. You know, it's just, it, it, it's just a thing. It's not going to crush Bitcoin. Please stop worrying about that. It's just not. Does it make things difficult? Yes. Why does everything have to be easy? I think we were trained a little too much on, on things being easy over the last few decades. Bitcoin Magazine, <clears throat> BTC Casey, continues the whole thing. High Bitcoin fees from BRC20 and ordinals lead to controversy and challenges. The fees collected in a single block of Bitcoin transactions has surpassed the block reward, a testament to the growing demand for block space as a result of ordinals and BRC20. Given that this is the first time that this has happened without the price of Bitcoin being in a significant bull market is a milestone in the evolution of Bitcoin as it reinforces the growing potential for transaction fees to sustain the network's operations. According to Dustin Trammell, CEO of Trammell Venture Partners, the first time that the fees in a block surpassed the block reward was in block 500, 521 in 2017. That would be 500521 in 2017. The rise in transaction fees can be attributed to the introduction of ordinals and BRC20. Inscriptions, sets of data inscribed utilizing the ordinals protocol, already pumped up the fee market and began impacting mempools within the last couple of months, but BRC20, a recently introduced token standard which allows tokens to be tied to the Bitcoin blockchain has created an economic incentive with minting, most often done on the smallest UTXO size possible, leading to the recent competition for block space. This has led users to pay higher and higher fees to ensure that their transactions are processed faster. As miners naturally prioritize Bitcoin transactions with higher fees to maximize their profits, 
On top of that, the recent rise in Bitcoin's price has also contributed to an increase, although small, in transaction fees as users are willing to pay more to move their Bitcoin holdings around. The combination of these factors has resulted in a significant increase in the revenue earned by miners from transaction fees, which is now exceeding the fixed block reward in certain blocks. The increase in fees has had a measurable impact on business that utilize both on-chain Bitcoin as well as Lightning. Binance, the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange, has had to halt and restart Bitcoin withdrawals twice, claiming network congestion was the reason. As a result, the firm has stated that it is looking into integrating Lightning in order to better facilitate smaller withdrawals during high-fee environments. Francis Pouliot, CEO of Bull Bitcoin, a Canadian Bitcoin-only non-custodial exchange, took to Twitter saying, quote, I think it's important for Bitcoiners to know how increased fees without increased transaction volume and price pumps affect business like ours, end quote. It's not just businesses either. Citizens in countries that rely on Bitcoin are seeing difficulties as the fees for on-chain transactions are significant sums of money for many and Lightning is not always available yet. Bitcoin's security market has long been the center of debate as, save for price bull runs, block spaces largely remain cheap since Bitcoin's inception. While the fixed block reward is set to decrease over time, the rise in transaction fees can offset the reduction and ensure that miners continue to be incentivized to process Bitcoin transactions. But many individuals on Bitcoin Twitter seemingly disagree with Ordinals and BRC20 fulfilling Bitcoin's fee market security role, calling the flood of transactions a DOS attack. Anita Posh, a Bitcoiner focused on global adoption, also highlighted challenges with adoption on Twitter, asking, quote, Can anyone explain how I'm going to onboard people with these fees? Can't use on-chain, can't open channels, makes custodial lightning the only option, end quote. Others are quick to remind their fellow Bitcoiners that this phenomenon is not something that can easily be reversed and was eventually inevitable. The increase in fees is a major incentive for miners to continue facilitating the transactions that cause it. Quote, BRC20's purpose so far has been the highlighting of certain friction points within the Bitcoin community and sparking a very necessary debate about immutability, censorship, and what Bitcoin is and is supposed to be, end quote. Angela Block, CEO, Alex Strazewski said in regards to the controversy, quote, a debate that is long overdue. While the debate continues, the free market and built-in incentives of Bitcoin will resolve the situation in whichever way the network finds most valuable. Okay. The free market cannot be contained, cannot be controlled. That's the nature of a free market. So we're so used as, as a people on the planet, especially in the West, however, we are very, very used to the markets being so utterly controlled that we think that that's the way markets work, but we're wrong. All, go into a forest. The forest is the teacher. The forest, in fact, is the greatest of teachers. All your answers can be found in a forest if you look hard enough 
and you have a very well-intentioned question to ask the teacher that is the forest. You watch what's going on in a forest. And you can't do it just one. If you've never been in a forest before and you go, oh, well, I find the answers in the forest because, you know, Dave Chad show. No, it doesn't work that way. You don't spend 10 seconds in the forest and get some kind of answer like some fairy godmother comes out of the trees and zaps you on the head with her magic wand. It does not work that way. You have to be intentional about what question you're asking and what answer you're trying to find. And in this particular case, how does the market of a forest work? What are squirrels doing? What are the deer doing? How is the leaf litter or pine needle litter being transformed into soil? And how is that soil acting? What, what's in that soil? What's, what, are the, what are the market forces at the molecular level? If you read enough, and you have some background in like, you know, chemistry, it becomes easier to find out. But if you don't have that background, if you spend enough time in nature and you look at the way that this all arises organically, then you understand what out of control actually means. It is a, a free, a truly free market is out of your control, it's out of your customer's control. It's out of your supplier's control. It's out of government control. It's out of every control because the only control is nature, which is inherently chaotic. What you're seeing is an actual free market. Again, I'm not defending it. Well, I kind of I have to. I said that at the front of the show, but only because if we start installing rules, then we destroy that which we love, right? So that's out. Can't do that. How do you, the question becomes, how do I reconcile with chaos? But that's just whole, that's all of life. This is just a, Bitcoin is just a fractal part of the chaos that we're always in. And this Chaos will calm down at one point or another. But I just, I just don't think that it is worth anyone's while to lose their ever-loving mind over this. And I mean, I, I understand what, uh, what Anita Posh is trying to say here. Let's look, at her, let's look at her quote again. Can anyone explain how I'm going to onboard people with these fees? Okay, you can't. You can't. Not right now. You can't. You can't show them something that looks this chaotic when they're coming out of something that was, you know, relatively calm and say, look, you know, this is great. Well, no, it doesn't look great right now. You can't put lipstick on a pig. But how do you reconcile with the answer that you can't? I don't know. You have to figure that one out for, for yourself. Anita has to figure this one out for herself. Her other, uh, the other thing is I can't use on-chain. I can't open channels. This makes custodial lightning the only option. Maybe that's your answer. Okay, I, I'm not a fan of custodial stuff. But if that's the option that you got, then that's the option that you take because the market 
forces are driving you in a direction. To swim upstream against that is probably not the best place to go. I mean, how, and honestly, now I heard some rumblings about Moon Wallet the other day, but aside, or yesterday, either this morning or last night, but aside from that, I don't really know of any situations where people have lost buku amounts of cash on a custodial lightning solution. Not saying that it hasn't happened. I'm just saying, I think I would have heard about it. Like I've lost $10 million because of, I don't know, moon wallet, whatever. I, I haven't ever heard that because the best practice is put in whatever money you intend to either spend or are comfortable with losing and no more than that in anything custodial, much less a lightning custodial wallet. But if this is the way the market is going, then maybe we should maybe we should examine that. Maybe the market's saying, hey, you really need to look at this custodial lightning solution. Maybe not as a solution, but just as an issue, a thing. It exists. It's there. Just deal with it. I'm just I'm just saying not to not look at everything like it's bad just because it's changed is it necessarily bad humans have a bad problem with change and i'm one of the worst ones of it i'm trying to learn but it you know it, it's difficult to say the least because you know bitcoin fee spike spurs shift to lightning network binance and coinbase are lining up joe hall coin telegraph Kind of maybe we'll figure something out here. I don't know. The recent surge in Bitcoin transaction fees has lit a fire under one of the largest crypto exchanges to upgrade to the Bitcoin Lightning Network. Following a second halt in withdrawals, Binance announced that it would work on enabling BTC Lightning Network withdrawals, which will help in such situations. The Lightning Network is a federated system for cheap, near instant payments built atop Bitcoin. And several large crypto exchanges have integrated the Lightning Network, including Bitfinex, River Financial, OKX, Kraken, and Coin Corner. If implemented correctly, the Lightning Network would allow users to withdraw and send Bitcoin immediately from wallets, sidestepping the congested Bitcoin blockchain. The largest crypto exchange in the United States, Coinbase, is also warming up to the Lightning Network. Further to com or hold on. Further to comments that CEO Brian Armstrong would integrate the LN soon. <clears throat> Armstrong finally sent Coin Telegraph reporter Joe Hall one hundred dollars over the Lightning Network, demonstrating that he is familiar with the Layer Two payments protocol. But that honestly, who gives a shit? <clears throat> European Bitcoin exchanges are also embracing the Lightning Network. Adam Billican, the chief technology officer of Swiss-based Bitcoin exchange Relay told Cointelegraph, quote, we believe that Bitcoin is the best saving technology ever invented, but you should be able to spend and send BTC as fast and cheaply as possible. The Lightning Network is the best solution to tackle that, no matter how the on-chain transaction fees look, end quote. Swiss Bitcoin exchange Pocket Bitcoin recently tweeted it would get this lightning thing started in response to higher and higher fees on the Bitcoin base chain. However, given that the LN, Lightning Network, is a relatively new solution in the crypto space, payment failure can occur. The network is growing and scaling organically, 
but more liquidity may help the network scale faster. Paolo Arduino, Chief Technology Officer at Bitfinex, shed light on the situation by saying, quote, The Bitfinex node is the most interconnected node on the entire Lightning network. It also is the biggest providing liquidity to most of the other nodes, hence the chances of failure are extremely low, end quote. True to form, Arduino tweeted in response to the high fees that users should ask their crypto exchange to integrate Lightning Network. Binance and Coinbase are hopping on board with other large exchanges, Gemini, KuCoin, and Bybit, yet to announce implementing the Lightning Network. So the free market marches on. And we were just talking about, you know, is it forcing people into custodial Lightning? Well, yeah, kind of. And I'm... I'm a, it's not that I'm okay with it, but I'm not going to lose my mind over it. I'm just not going to enter into hysterics. And one of the reasons is we had this high fee environment in 2016, 2017. I went over that yesterday. It, it caused Roger Ver to lose his mind. And then BCH started. And then he got the knife in the back by Craig Wright when they started BSV. And it doesn't really matter because Craig Wright knifed his own people in BSV in the back by suing them. I go, so, um, but we didn't have, it was proposed, the Lightning Network was proposed in 2015. It kind of really didn't come to be until after the whole New York agreement, which was post the 2017 peak of $21,000 Bitcoin. And then, and then, Light, well, uh, Lightning Labs basically opened up the first functional Lightning test system, for lack of a better term. And we were all very reckless when we started our Lightning nodes and started using the Lightning Network. And, you know, like uh, what was Elizabeth Stark from uh, Lightning Labs said, don't be reckless. And we turned it into a meme, as Bitcoin maximalists often do. In either event, we were using the Lightning Network. But by that time, guess what happened? We didn't really have a high fee environment. There weren't a whole lot of transactions going on. We entered into a bear market and we limped along and lightning was built and rebuilt and built some more and refined and tweaked. And it's gotten really, really good. I use lightning network every day now, every single day. And since podcasting 2.0, I've been using it every day for like a year and a half or two years. I can't remember how long it's been since my podcast has been podcast 2.0 enabled, allowing people to send me boostograms and streaming Satoshis directly to my lightning node. I mean, yeah, it's still experimental, but now the pressure is on. The pressure is on the lightning network, lightning network developers, lightning network based companies. They're looking at this going, holy shit, this is, this is great. That's what they're thinking. And they're right. This is great. It's going to completely blow up the Lightning Network system. People that already have open channels are, I'm not saying they're going to get rich or, you know, we're going to get all rich doing it because I have open channels. And, but honestly, I haven't seen a whole lot of throughput going through my node. I've only got 20 open channels, but it's, you know, it's kind of like I've been looking at it and I'm like seeing sort of the same activity I've seen for a couple of months. 
maybe my lightning network will start getting some good fees. I don't know. That's not why I set it up. I set it up to support the lightning network because I knew at one point or another, idiocy like this would occur. I can send Satoshis anywhere I want. I don't have any problem. In fact, I tested uh, from Cash App to see if their shit was actually working. I sent 100,000 Satoshis out of my Bitcoin stash that I'm keeping over there. And I don't have a big one. That's why I keep it over there. But uh, I sent 100,000 Satoshis directly to my Lightning node. Hit me in two and a half seconds and cost me like, I don't know, 10 Satoshis to do. And that was actually kind of high. I'm just saying that this entire environment is going, it's like water. Water will not be stopped. When water is flowing downhill and it runs into something, it will, in fact, come up to a level at which that water can escape. And as that water escapes, it will scour around the blockage until the whole thing bursts and the water can freely go downhill. That's how water works. That's what we're seeing. The dick pics and the monkey pics and the rock pics and whatever it is that ordinals are doing has caused a log jam. Water will find its way around and it will erode out and underneath until the entire thing just breaks loose and we're all off to the races again. But things like this have to happen for things like Lightning Network to be developed at a quicker pace because it's necessary. If you're not using lightning at this point, this is where you, the guy that has really only been using on-chain transactions, this is where you have the opportunity and it is an opportunity to learn something new. Fire up a lightning node. If If we get a breath on the whole ordinals thing, then open some channels then. But for the love of God, start using the Lightning Network because we need all of this stuff. High fees? Bitcoin is working as designed. Matt O'Dell is writing this one for discreetlog.com. Bitcoin transaction fees limit network abuse by making usage expensive. There's a cost to every transaction set by a dynamic free market based on demand. There must be a limit to how much data is transferred across the Bitcoin network in order to keep the ability to run and use your own node accessible. A node is required to interact with the global Bitcoin network. If you do not use your own node, then you must trust somebody else's node. If nodes become inaccessible to run, then the network will centralize around the remaining entities that operate them, threatening the censorship resistance at the core of of Bitcoin's value proposition. The Bitcoin protocol uses three main mechanisms to keep node operation costs low. A fixed limit on the amount of data in each block, an automatic difficulty adjustment that regulates how many blocks are produced based on current mining hash rate, and a robust dynamic transaction fee market. Bitcoin transaction fees limit network abuse by making usage expensive. There is a cost to every transaction set by a dynamic free market based on demand for scarce block space. It is an incredibly robust way to prevent spam without relying on centralized entities that can be corrupted or pressured. After the 2017 block Bitcoin fee spike, we had six years, six years of relative quiet to build tools that would be robust in a sustained high fee market. 
Fortunately, our tools are significantly better now, but many still need improvement. Most of the pain points we see today will be mitigated. The reality is we were never going to be fully prepared. Pressure is needed to show the pain points and provide strong incentives to mitigate them. It will be incredibly interesting to watch how projects adapt under pressure. Optimistic, we see great innovation here. See, it's the frame of reference. You have to adjust your frame of reference to what really matters. And right now, Lightning Network really matters. It mattered last year and it mattered the year before, but right now, it really matters. And you're going to see development in Lightning the likes of which you've never seen before. I'll bring you a couple of them later on, or at least one. Now, on to this one. To continue with the theme of the front part of the show, Africa moves to Lightning. Stable coins as Bitcoin transaction fees soar. I'm not so happy about the stablecoin thing, but whatever. This is written by Eliza Grititsky for Coindesk.com. Bitcoin users in Africa are increasingly moving to the Lightning Network and stablecoins as transaction fees have soared. The Lightning Network is a layer with, yes, we know it's a layer built on top of Bitcoin. Many across the continent are, have already been using the tools so they weren't necessarily troubled by spiking fees, but instability has also been noticed even in wallets that use the Lightning Network, some said. As a result of the higher fees, there has been a shift of demand from customers who now prefer moving their transactions through stablecoins like USDT, while folk with low volume transactions now prefer the Lightning Network transactions over the base layer transactions, said Heritage Faldun, the founder of Africa-focused over-the-counter liquidity provider Digi what Digioats. No, seriously, it's Digioats like oatmeal, whatever. The dr dramatic increase in transaction fees is at least in part due to the introduction of ordinals on Bitcoin and BRC tokens, BR, or the BRC20 tokens associated with some meme coins on the Bitcoin network. The day-to-day -day users of Bitcoin for transactions such as, you know, cross-border payments and remittances have been greatly affected, said Lorraine Marcel, a Kenyan-based founder of Bitcoin Dada, D-A-D-A, -A, a project to educate women in Africa on crypto. The majority of the African population is not familiar with the Lightning Network. Oh, but they will be, I guarantee it. And most educators prefer onboarding newbies onto the Unchain network as it offers self-custody. I think they meant on-chain network. So what they're saying is that not a whole lot of Lightning users so far because of this six-year lull, which is now over. So guess what? The continent of Africa gets introduced to Lightning. How's this a bad thing? I'm just saying while the absolute amounts of transaction fees may seem small to those in the West, to those in African countries with weak economies, it's a significant burden, said Lagos, Nigeria-based uh, Mary Emusin, host of the Bitcoin Gamer Chat podcast. Traders are also affected. Quote, most exchanges that operate in Africa don't yet have lightning. A lot of traders are still waiting for transactions from three days ago to confirm, while some trades are just too expensive to settle at all, said I can't pronounce that name, of Manchukura wallet in an interview with Coindesk said, 
<clears throat> those running lightning nodes are also facing difficulties. Quote, opening a channel to the node now costs more than before because of the Bitcoin fees, says Amusen. From the perspective of those in Africa where our currency is constantly devaluing, that cost is not insignificant, she said. Ultimately, this could lead to less decentralization on the network. Fewer everyday people will be able to run effective nodes without using a well-funded LSP or lightning service provider, which could increase centralization on layer two, said Nikolai Tungagero, Bitcoin educator and founder of EasySats, as well as BTC Mining Namibia. Namibia, sorry. <clears throat> Even those that are already using the Lightning Network have faced difficulties as transactions have been congested or liquidity has run dry across service providers. Quote, every Monday for the past year and a half, I've paid salaries for 11 people working for Bitcoin Ikasi using Lightning. And today was the first time in over a year that the process has not gone smoothly, said Herman Vivir, chairman of South African Bitcoin Ikasi, a startup aiming to create a circular Bitcoin economy. Quote, I had to use four different lightning wallets as channel liquidity between different wallet providers had dried up, end quote. <clears throat> Users of the Moon wallet, M-U-U-N, which utilize both the Bitcoin and lightning layers to process transactions have been charged high fees, particularly those employing it for payments at South African retail chain Pick and Pay, said Kothgatso, I can't pronounce the name, sorry. Congestion on the mempool has meant that swaps in the moon wallet are expensive with users having to foot the bill, he said. Mempools are essentially waiting rooms for Bitcoin transactions, those that have been clogged for the last couple of days with around 400,000 transactions waiting to be processed at certain times. Moon, with two U's, bases its fee estimates on the condition of the mempool, so with more congestion, fees have increased. So the flip side. Despite all these issues, many in Africa see this fee spike as a potentially net benefit for adoption as it supercharges the shift towards Lightning Network integration and other solutions. Marcel is hopeful that the fee increase is just temporary, but added that it's an eye-opener. Quote, in a way, it's a good thing as it's forcing people onto Lightning despite the short-term inconvenience. See, again... It's about the frame of reference that we choose, and you can choose your frame of reference. If your frame of reference is to only embrace what has occurred in the past and not to embrace or even look at the present or the future, then how much better are you or, or I at not being the douchebags that got us into all this world economic fiasco in the first place. They refuse to let go of the past. Lightning Network has been here for years, guys. It's time to start learning how to use it. And it's amazing to me that it takes, it takes setting your house on fire to get you to go outside and smell the roses. It doesn't, it shouldn't, you shouldn't have to light somebody's house on fire to get their ass moving, but the house is on fire. Will it burn down to the ground? No, it'll, it's fine. It's going to be fine, but you have to get outside. You got to exist in the present. Embrace the future. Change your frame of reference from the past 
to the future and spend the energy learning how to use Lightning. I don't give a shit if you use a custodial wallet. I don't care, right? I know I probably should, but at this moment of time, I want you out of the burning house. Go find, I don't know, go use Wallet of Satoshi. Figure it out, guys. Go use, I think, I mean, I think you can actually buy Bitcoin directly inside the Fountain app. It has an onboard Lightning wallet. There's Breeze. I think you can buy Bitcoin through Breeze. I'm not sure about that. So if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But anything to get your ass out of the burning house and embrace the outside, embrace the free market, embrace organic chaos. Because it's not only Bitcoin where chaos happens. You'll find out next. Let's run the numbers. CNBC futures and commodities. I got West Texas Intermediate, which was down earlier in the day when I was setting up the show is now up a third of a point. Maybe this has something to do with the fact that Pakistan is now on fire. If you haven't heard anything about that, because that idiot with the iron cross and the SS tattoos was shooting up everybody in Allen, Texas on Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. Pakistan is freaking the F out right now. So maybe that has something to do with the reversal in energy prices because Brent North Sea was down too. It's now up a fifth of a point to $77.18. Natural gas up 1.7%. Gasoline is up, what, 0.68% to $2.47 a gallon. Gold is up half a point to $2,044.50. Uh, silver up a th third of a point. Platinum is up 2.4. Copper is the only thing down 0.64%. And palladium is up almost a full half point. Agricultural stuff is pretty much mixed. I got the biggest loser today being cotton 2.8% to the downside. Biggest winner today is chocolate 1.6 to the upside. I got live cattle up a half point. Lean hogs up one and a half points. Feeder cattle are up 0.99%. I want to pause just a little bit to talk about what the hell's live cattle versus feeder cattle. Because I finally got to the point where I'm like, I'm not exactly sure that I think what's going on is in fact what's going on. Let's start with feeder cattle. All right, feeder cattle, I'm looking at the chart right now from CNBC. This goes all the way back to 2006. Okay, there was a spike around 2006, uh, February, end of February, early March in 2006. And we're talking about a price of 145. We are now at 224 as of today. What's a feeder cattle? Well, feeder cattle in some countries or regions are called store cattle. They're young cattle that's mature enough either to under, undergo backgrounding or to be fattened in preparation for slaughter. Uh, they, this is the cattle, the cows that you buy to go to feedlots, right? They're old enough, they're weaned, you know, they're, 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 they've been eating grass for a while and now they can kind of start 
eating the crap that we feed them at the feedlot. So you're buying a feeder cattle at one of the highest prices ever. And you then you get to sell that cow when it reaches about 11, 1,100 pounds live weight. That will yield right around 650 pounds of cut meat, right? So <clears throat> when feeder cattle prices rise, ranchers essentially get hurt unless those ranchers are what's called a cow-calf operation. And they're not having to buy feeder cattle because they have a herd of cows that are dropping calves for them. That means that they're, it's not that they're free, but they certainly don't cost feeder cattle prices on the open market, according to CNBC, which are basically at an all-time high price, or at least over the last seven or 2000, since 2006. All-time high price. Okay, so now we get into, well, what the hell is a, you know, a fed cattle? It appears that fed cattle is kind of like live cattle, right? So live cattle is one of the things that I gave you from CNBC Futures and Commodities. Live cattle is up half a point. Okay, what's live cattle? Is it fed cattle? Is it like, what is it what we're about to slaughter? And that's when I don't, I don't know. Fed cattle refers to cattle leaving a cattle feedlot. So that seems to be what the rancher or feedlot operator will get when they find, when the whole operation is done with this cow, it's reached 1100 pounds and needs to go to the slaughterhouse. This is the price that gets paid for it on contract. And right now, like I said, it's up half a point. Price 163.37. 163.37. That's the price. But is that live cattle? If is if there's anybody out there that knows, is live cattle the same as fed cattle? As in, is live cattle prices the prices that you're going to get? when you sell that thing to a slaughterhouse because fed and live seem to have different definitions because live cattle wikipedia describes as a type of futures contract that can be used to hedge and speculate on fed cattle prices somebody who knows something about ranching and its connection to the marketplace, please, please get in touch with me. I'd like to interview you for Bitcoin and so that we can get a good answer, a good handle on the market dynamics that are at play. Every single time I read stuff like live cattle, lean hogs, feeder cattle, all right? Please, if there's anybody out there that knows about this, please, 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 please. Please let me know. All right. Bitcoin price being depressed. $27,621.63. Not 0.63. cents. Probably because of the Bitrix collapse. Right? We're not out of the, the woods yet. 
We have had, uh, let's see, 306,000 BTC have been sent in the last 24 hours. Average transaction value is uh, 0.51 BTC or $14,000. Median transaction value is 0.00009 BTC or about $2.50. I now am of the opinion that the median transaction value on BitInfo charts is indeed correct. Understanding now that these people that are doing this ordinal inscriptions, they're literally passing around one Satoshi. Okay, you average that along with the other transactions, you know, real transactions that are actually utilizing Bitcoin for the value proposition that is designed for, you get something like 15 cent median transactions, 25 cent median transactions. So all this is doing is bringing what we think is a transaction value down to the level of stupid monkey pictures. That's where we're at. Block times are low. Nine minutes, 36 seconds, 3.36 BTC taken in fees on a per block basis and 500.93 BTC taken in fees on a per uh, uh, overall in the last 24 hours. With a measly ass 3.55% rise in hash rate, we are back up to 353.86 exahashes per second. Not nearly enough to get all this shit cleared out soon. Uh, your shitcoin indicator is Dogecoin, 7.3 United States pennies. So the rest of the field is doing about as well. Three, <clears throat> nope. $535 billion is the market cap. That is 3.93% of gold's entire market cap. You may now purchase 13.6 ounces of shiny metal rocks with your one Bitcoin, of which there are 19,368,318.21 of. 5,386.72 of those BTC are in the Lightning Network valued at $148.8 million. We have 73,208 payment channels, 65.4% of all that's being run over Tor. Looks like we have a negative 3.5% difficulty change coming on May the 18th, 2023. Now, here's the thing, the total channels, uh, because some of this is blinded, like I, I can't, we can't see private channels. So I have no idea, are new private channels being opened? Because the public channels that I can see haven't really changed which isn't surprising considering that when you open a channel, you're making what? A full on-chain Bitcoin transaction. When you close a channel, you're doing what? You're making one more full on-chain Bitcoin transaction. And because mempools around the world are being crushed like grapes, nobody's opening channels. And it also doesn't look like people are closing channels. What I worry, not what I worry about, what I think about is forced closures. That could totally suck because it's happened before. A whole bunch of channels on podcast indexes, uh, Lightning Node got forced closed because of a bad HTLC. Wasn't their fault. They didn't want to close. They Their channels weren't closed by their channel partners. No, no, no. It was a little thing that happened uh, about a month and a half ago, if not longer than that, that a bad HTLC came through their node and somehow or another it forced closed all like a hundred channels. Thankfully, so they had a hundred on-chain transaction fees to pay, but thankfully that was in a low fee market. What happens if a bad HTLC hits 
a lightning node and force closes a bunch of channels in this market. See, there's, there's things we got to work out. There's nuance here beyond anybody's comprehension, right? Because if that shit were to happen, you got cascading channel closures on your node. Oh, Nelly. Oh, Nelly. I'm just saying mempool, as you might expect, is stacked. We got like a 205 blocks holding 424,000 transactions waiting to clear. Everything below 16.3 Satoshis per V-byte is being purged from mempools across the world. Low priority is 221 Satoshis per V-byte. High priority is 289. That's about 11 point, no, $11.19. Uh, <clears throat> uh, sorry, you got a frog in my throat. Excuse me. Yeah, $11.23. How big is your transaction in Satoshi's per V-byte? Or, you know, well, how, I mean, how many V-bytes uh, is your transaction? You know, do the math and you'll figure out basically what you're doing. But this is a very high fee environment, as you might imagine. Boostograms, thank God we're finally, finally out of the bullshit. I have boostograms. I've only got three though. Nick underscore dose with two, three, four, five says cheers. And Mr. Man shit. Hold on. Mr. Man shit ton of numbers. God damn it. You got me, bro. Mr. Man shit ton of number with a thousand sat says, why did I buy? He's talking about, before I get into this, He's talking about the question that I asked yesterday. I asked you guys to get a hold of me to let me know, did you buy from Maple Trade because you needed the product or simply because either A, you wanted to support a Bitcoiner using the Lightning Network or that you just wanted to buy something because it, it enabled you to do it through the Lightning Network? So I've got a couple of answers and Mr. Man Shit Ton of Number says, why did I buy? Funny enough, the wife was saying how our son has never had real maple syrup. Your description of it, and I thought, well, I might as well start him on the best and ruin him for all other so-called maple syrups. I tried a similar soap way back in the day, but it was very pricey. Also, I'm trying to kickstart a Bitcoin circular economy here. Fight me. No, I'm not going to fight you. Because this is sort of what I was kind of thinking is that we're kind of killing two birds with one stone using the lightning network to buy things that you want. Two birds with one stone right there. God's death with a hundred Satoshi says, I bought because I love maple and I love lamp. I think he might've meant to type soap, but not sure about that. Uh, but the ease of buying with Satoshi's did sway me. I would gladly pay with Satoshi's for more physical products when they become available. All right, so you heard him. Do you have a product that you want to sell? Well, then sell it. You get get on Lightning. This is the whole that there's never been a better time. There's never been a better freaking time to sell your goods and services through the Lightning network rather than Bitcoin, okay? We need both. They are both intractably married to each other. 
Just because you use Lightning over Bitcoin doesn't mean you're shitting all over Bitcoin because eventually what? You're going to have to use Bitcoin to have final settlement, okay? You're not shitting on Bitcoin because you're using the Lightning Network. You're enhancing the ability of Bitcoin to free everybody in the world. Use it, please, for the love of God. Now, Nostra report. Skeet, skeet, skeet. May 8th, 2023, block height 788850, Moscow time 3610. JB55 says, today I feel thankful for Noster. It's not perfect, but it's a small life raft in a sea of people who want to control what you say and think. Hmm. Quote, another one, Blue Sky advertises itself as an open network. They say people won't lose followers or their identity. They advertise themselves as a protocol. These claims are lies, according to Fiat Joff. And he's got like a, he's got like a little write-up about that where it's titled Blue Sky is a Scam. Um, I might try to fit that into the show notes. I won't read it here because we are going to be running long. Uh, but yeah, that's like sort of the highlights is that we got Fiat Joff, who is the creator of the Nostra Protocol, calling out Blue Sky as an out-and-out scam, at least when it comes to their claims that you can't lose your identity and all. It's all bullshit. Because like the Fediverse and like anything that's completely federated, you have, it's not all that easy to move from one instance to another. You got to go through a lot of shit I don't want to go through a lot of shit. I want to throw in my NPUB number. I want to be able to control that NPUB with a private key and have my tribe everywhere. Was it that Jack Spearco's got a great saying because he's a, he's a really good marketer. He's like, one key pair in my tribe is everywhere. That's great. That is a great tagline, but it's true. It's great because it's short, kind of rhymes, and is 100% True. Now, getting back to Maple Trade, I'm going to include Maple Trade's NPUB into the show notes um, again because his essentially it is now not you're not should not buy the Mother's Day basket because he cannot guarantee any kind of shipping that will get it to you by Mother's Day. However, you can still direct message him on Noster and ask him for how much he will sell you soap and maple syrup for, right? Just don't expect it by Mother's Day, all right? So if you're looking for good soap, if you're looking for good maple syrup, Maple Trade is your guy. He's also known as Bees Nerds, B-I, no, B-E-I-S-N-E-R-D-S on Noster. So go buy his stuff, even though he won't be able to get it to you by Mother's Day at this point. He'll still sell you his maple syrup and his sister's totally kick-ass soap. So let's see, what else we got? Nope, that's it. That's the weather report. Welcome to part two of the snooze that you can use. Have you ever wanted to periodically pay somebody in Satoshi's on a scheduled basis, like once a day, once a minute, you know, and, and you're not using podcasts. Like you can stream me Satoshi's 
one, four, nine, a hundred every minute. But what if you're not listening to a podcast that has podcasting 2.0 enabled? Like you just want to make sure that JB55 or Fiat Joff uh, continuously gets like a hundred Satoshi donation like once a day. And it's something that you can just set it and forget it. Well, Zap Planner's got you covered. This is from No Bullshit Bitcoin, otherwise known as NoBSBitcoin.com. Zap Planner, a periodic payments in Bitcoin app. Zap Planner enables periodic lightning payments powered by Noster Wallet Connect, or NWC. You can schedule value-for-value payments to a lightning address to support your favorite content creator. You can allow Zap Planner to send payments on your behalf that you have control to cancel whenever you wish. Zap Planner is just one example of the possibilities that NWC, Nostra Wallet Connect, enables. Zap Planner is built on Nostra Wallet Connect to enable seamless lightning functionality through a secure, indirect connection to your wallet made possible by the exchange of Nostra events. Visit zapplanner.albilabs.com. That's zapplanner.albilabs.com to get started. You can link users to your service to, uh, sorry, you can link users of your service to Zap Planner with a custom confirmation link containing a custom comment or include LUD18 data, which can be used to track payments and enable services for paying users. Click this link for an example to see the Zap Planner README for more information. Zap Planner uses Albi's package Albi Tools to parse a Lightning address and request an invoice using LNURL and the Albi SDK in order to send a payment request notes and read responses with the pre-image defined by the NIP47 specification. Do you have any other ideas or want to contribute and improve Zap Planner? Create an issue on the GitHub repository or send us an email and both of those are obviously links. All right, so Zap Planner, I'm on it right now, zapplanner.albilabs.com. And I see just a big old picture of a clock in purple, of course. <clears throat> Zap Planner, schedule automatic periodic lightning payments. And then there's two buttons. There's one that says, how does it work? And it explains it all to you. Or you can just hit the button that says new periodic payment. And what do I see? One of the most simplest, easy to use user interfaces I've ever seen. It says new periodic payment. And then it's got a box that I can put the recipient lightning address in. And then a box for the amount of Satoshis. And then there is a section at the very bottom that says frequency. And there's two boxes. Repeat payment every, and then you enter in a number. One, 10, 100, whatever. And then there's a drop down next to it that says, lets you select between seconds, minutes, hours, days, or months. So I could send Fiat Joff, a thousand Satoshis, one time every month, set it and forget it. As long as my wallet is full that I'm using for this, then I got no problem. And since I have the Albi extension installed on this browser, then that's the wallet it's going to pull from. Do you know what this, this is great. 
this is awesome. Cause you could, if you wanted to, if you're not using a podcasting, you know, 2.0 app to listen to my podcast and you want to support me, but you just don't want to figure out podcasting 2.0, two things, one, oh, come on. And two, well, now you can use Zap Planner and you can just throw me some Satoshis through Zap Planner once a month, once a week, once every second, once every minute, once an hour, 10 times an hour, whatever you want. I haven't used it yet, okay? But I'm going to be experimenting with it today. All right, moving on. Cypher strikes deal with Canaan to purchase 11,000 new Bitcoin miners. Decrypt.co, Andrew Asmakov. Cypher Mining, a United States-based Bitcoin mining company, aims to bring its total hash rate capacity to 7.2 exahashes per second following the addition of 11,000 brand new A1346 model machines that it has purchased from Canaan Mining, the Chinese manufacturer of cryptocurrency mining equipment. With this purchase, the company's machine fleet has increased to over 70,000 mining rigs, Cypher said that in its press release, quote, we are excited to formally begin our collaboration with Kanan, a pioneer in the ASIC high-performance computing chip industry, Cypher CEO Tyler Page said in a statement. According to Page, Cypher's technology and operations teams have been working with Kanan to test its new generation mining machines over the past several months. Quote, we are confident that Kanan's mining machines will be an excellent addition to our fleet, and we expect these mining machines to perform extremely well during the hot summer months in Texas, he said. Kanan's A1346 model is part of the new Avalon-made A13 series, which was launched back in October of last year and comes with a hash rate of 110 terahashes per second and a power efficiency of 30 joules per terahash, making it an attractive alternative to popular What's Miner and Ant Miner ASIC machines. Cypher said that it expects the new machines to be delivered and energized in the third quarter of this year, with the move completing the build out at the company's facility in Odessa, Texas. Yeah, that's 20 miles away from my old stomping grounds in Midland, Texas. And you want to talk about its ability to get really hot during the summer out there? Holy shit. <clears throat> heat upon heat upon heat. August in West Texas, that far south in Texas, the Midland, Odessa area is a freaking thing to behold, I'm telling you. And I know because I lived there for a good portion of my life. Quote, this will reinforce our position as a leading Bitcoin miner, a Cypher spokesperson told Decrypt. In today's Q, uh, Q1 2023 update, Cypher said the company has achieved a self-mining capacity of over six exahashes per second, which exceeded the projected hash rate of 5.7 that it was targeting back in March. Cypher, which went public on the NASDAQ in August 2021, saw its stock drop roughly 4% today at market open. Oh, that's interesting. Today's announcement came as Bitcoin's hash rate, the measurement of how much computing power is used to secure the network, last week soared to a new all-time high of 350. That's not right. 
a new all-time high of 356 exahashes per second before dropping to 345.4 exahashes per second as of yesterday. If they're saying that 356 exahashes per second was the all-time high, then they have to be using the 30-day moving average because that is not the all-time high of hash rate. I've seen hash rates as high as 420, and I'm not making a, a, a dope smoking joke on that. No, I'm serious. So they must be using a 30-day or a 10-day or 15-day moving average because that's a little low. Bitcoin mining difficulty, which measures the complexity of producing new blocks, meanwhile, fell 1.45% to $48 trillion on May the 4th, with a further drop of 0.35% expected after the next difficulty adjustment in nine days. So, yeah, while difficulty drops then existing hash rate will be able to plow through the blocks at a faster rate. I am still questioning why it is I have not seen exahash rates topping 400 at minimum at this time, given the fee rate market and the amount of Bitcoin that these idiots doing ordinals and BRC20 tokens are willing to part with. If if I had miners, I, they'd be online right now. I just, I don't, I don't understand it. And I know those miners are out there. I saw them in operation when I saw hash rates at 420, like two or three weeks ago. So I don't, I don't know, man, it's, it's just bizarre. But Bull Bitcoin launches no KYC Bitcoin purchases with cash or debit card. Listen up if you're in Canada. The fastest, most secure and cheapest no KYC method to buy Bitcoin that Canada has ever seen. No ID, no credit check, no bank account is required to buy Bitcoin with a fee of 2% collected by Bull Bitcoin and a smaller flat fee collected by the payment processor at Canada Post. It makes Bull Bitcoin by far the cheapest way to buy no KYC Bitcoin in Canada, a total game changer. By the way, this is the announcement from Bull Bitcoin that I'm reading. How do you buy Bitcoin with no KYC with cash or debit card in Canada? Well, go to any Canadian post office. Ask the cashier to scan the QR code generated in the Bull Bitcoin app. Give them cash or pay by debit card. The funds are automatically added to your Bull Bitcoin account within a few minutes. Buy up to 1,000, well actually it's $999.99 worth of Bitcoin per transaction and will instantly send a Bitcoin payment to your own self-custodial Bitcoin wallet on chain or Lightning. Huh? 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 <laughs> so they go into some other stuff about Azteco and whatnot like that. But that's the, the, the whole point is to be able to go in, if you're a Canadian, I can't do this as an American, I don't think. But I could, if I'm Canadian, I'm living in, up there in you know, the great white Canada, and I walk into a Canadian post office, I can buy Bitcoin. And I can do it using a QR code. Do you see how easy that is? And you can get the funds over Lightning. We have to really start utilizing the Lightning Network way more than we 
ever thought we could do it. This is I love the fact that Bull Bitcoin is in on this. Finally, Binance is going to start using the Lightning Network. Africa is going to be way onboarded into the Lightning Network because of what? The very thing that we hate, dick pics and high fees on the Bitcoin blockchain. So there, there you go. Now, if we can ignore polarization, Bitcoin will fix bipartisan authoritarianism. Mm-hmm. Really? Okay, Bitcoin Magazine. Let's find out more from Mickey Koss. <clears throat> Whether it's the Patriot Act, COVID-19 measures, or the proposed Restrict Act, it seems that the only thing U.S. politicians can agree on is that taking away freedoms is essential. It's for your own safety, you see. And we can't forget about security, too. Who wouldn't want to be safe and secure? Oh, little babies in diapers. The unilateral agreement around these measures has made the phrase bipartisan a warning sign in my eyes, and I am increasingly concerned about the direction that we're moving. I was criticized on Nostra recently for covering environmentalist Bitcoiners, the justification being that the environmentalist movement is a net negative for society. While I understand where this individual who criticized me is coming from, I think there are some deeper concerns at hand hidden behind their comments. After some reflection, I came to a realization. People are not really concerned with the environmentalist in movement. In fact, people are not really concerned about politics at all. Most political disagreements are surface level proxy wars for a much deeper argument, the argument over control. Who is going to have control? What are they going to use it for? How is it going to affect my life? As governments expand at increasing rates, the fear over who has control grows along with it. I think this is the root of the polarization we're seeing today. The real concern is about central planners and central planning. Everything else is a distraction. I think that's the real psyop. As more and more people adopt Bitcoin as their savings vehicle, we can begin to grow the parallel economy and take the exorbitant privilege of money printing out of the hands of those who seek to abuse it. In doing so, we can slowly but surely defund the central planners that so many are fearful of. And in doing so, we can reduce the level of control that keeps us up at night. In doing so, we can reduce the amount of political polarization that is seemingly tearing the country apart. I think that too many are fighting the wrong fight and missing the forest for the trees. If Bitcoin is truly incorruptible, then why do you care who chooses to support it? Why not give everyone a chance to have their egos and preconceptions about the world absolutely shattered by this permissionless monetary protocol? Bitcoin is for everyone. We cannot allow the culture wars to manipulate us into friendly fire. We cannot allow political narratives to co-opt Bitcoin into a weapon for politicians to wield against us. It doesn't matter if you win your little skirmish if the war engulfs you shortly thereafter. The faster we can gain adoption, the faster we can make all these petty arguments irrelevant. Once central planners lose their ability to control, your neighbor's vote becomes less of a concern. Without the ability to print money, governments suddenly have to think about trade-offs again. The reintroduction of sound money standards fixes political polarization. Maybe. I honestly think that that's a little bit of wishful thinking. Not that I'm, you know, bagging on Mickey or, you know, Mickey costs for writing this, but honestly, 
there is a depth to human lunacy that I don't think any of us really grip. And I think we've been turned into even a deeper well of lunacy since COVID. I think at least by 2X, we're just somehow or another, we're actually able to deal with more lunacy and not break out of the mold and get as far away from it as we possibly can. We seem to be able to take more stupidity without freaking out. We are able to take more hypocrisy without calling it out. We're able to take more and more and more. Whatever the clown show feeds us, we apparently have now have a new depth of storage capacity for the stupid. And I don't, I just, I mean, I agree with some of the stuff that he's saying here. I just, I honestly think that this has nothing to do at all with anything other than how much of a lunatic the human species has become. We've lost all sensibility. How can I tell? Dick picks on, on, on Bitcoin. That's one of the ways I can tell. Pakistan has just lost their mind. Go read about that one. I won't get into it. We need to be able to cut our capacity for storing bullshit. I think that that's what this really boils down to. As long, If you can hear something that just absolutely makes you wilt in the sun and are able to just store it away like nothing ever happened. I'm not saying get angry. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying stop giving these people your energy by conducting manners in the way they suggest. Do everything different. Go buy maple syrup from Maple Trade with Lightning Network. They don't control that. They will never be able to control your consumption of delicious tree sugar with a payment of lightning ever. They won't be able to tell you that it's bad for you, so they're going to stop your payments. So continue doing that. One of these days, I can't wait to just finally say fuck it and sell beer with the Lightning Network, without a goddamn TABC license or an ATF license or whatever license that I need to sell alcohol. Have you ever wondered why there's an alcohol, firearms, and tobacco agency in the first damn place? Because tobacco, firearms, and alcohol are the most tradable goods in place of a sound money that there is. And they knew that. They want their tax. They want their pound of flesh, as Shylock in Shakespeare plays would actually, technically it's the Merchant of Venice from Shakespeare if you want to get down to it. Anyway, the pound of flesh, they want it. I'm getting tired of playing their goddamn games. Do you have any idea how expensive it is to open up a brewery? To Just the licensure itself is insane. And that's, from what I understand in Texas. A bar? I think we should go back to speakeasies. And this this legal weed that costs 10 times more than you know what you would normally be able to buy on the street, maybe we should just be all illegal about that shit again because this is ridiculous. We need to stop, stop putting up with this. 
because this goes way beyond, way, way, way beyond whether or not we can ignore polarization and bipartisan authoritarianism. Okay, that's focusing on the battle amongst ourselves. Stop focusing on the battle amongst ourselves. Red team versus blue team, who gives a shit? Both those teams suck. And if you were to pit them against, I don't know, actual people who are on the hunt for human survival, they're going to lose. But technically, we're not hunting for human survival. Not in the West. Africa. Central America. Latin America. Eastern Europe. That kind of shit. That's where we see people coming up against the edge of human survival. Those people are my heroes right now because they're basically saying fuck it to everything. Uh, Is there anything else that we got? Nope, that's going to do it for the morning roundup. Time for a joke. It's Dad Says Jokes. I met a nun who wiped her nose on her clothes. Nasty habit. For those of you who have children, you know exactly what I mean. It's like, dude, stop using your clothes as a napkin or a handkerchief. I mean, honestly, how hard is this to get through your little heads? For the love of God. Okay, so Bitcoin circular economy. Use the fee rate, the the high fee market that we have right now to at least start thinking about thinking about learning how to use lightning, learning why it's important. If you haven't done this already, you need to do that. If you're already a lightning user and, and yeah, 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 I get it, Dave, then ignore it. But for those of you who have yet to look at lightning network, you have to, not just because of the high fee market. It's that as we move forward into the future and the Bitcoin time chain becomes used more and more for final settlement and opening lightning channels and all the other things that I can't see right yet, then lightning and other layer two solutions become more pivotal. Claim your namespace by learning how to use the technology. Again, I don't care if you use a custodial lightning wallet solution. I don't care. I don't care if you're going to get on me about it saying you're, you're leading down people down the wrong path, then at least throw me some Toshis and bitch me out in a boostagram. Okay. That's how I'm, I'll read it. <laughs> That's honestly, I found that the boostagrams is, is a high signal to noise way of communication for people trying to get a hold of me. And say, hey, I I want to talk. I want you to talk about this, or or I you know I got this, or the reason why I did X is Y. Please, even if you're going to bitch me out for suggesting that somebody start their Bitcoin journey using a Lightning custodial wallet, please use that avenue and throw me some satoshis while you do it, and I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and. And I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.